Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael's special teaching in Psalm 78, Teach Your Children Well. Psalm 78 is where you want to be. Uh, The message is teach your children well. Psalm 78, and obviously with the theme of VBS, it's going to fit well. Uh, There are 72 verses in this psalm, so we're going to read them all. We'll be here till 5 o'clock in the afternoon today. No, just kidding. We're just actually going to tackle the first eight verses. If you're able, stand with us for the reading of God's word. I want you to notice if you uh, have a physical Bible or you've opened up a device You'll notice that it's a psalm of Asaph. It's called a mascal of Asaph. You might wonder, what is that? First of all, Asaph wrote Psalm 50 and Psalm 73 through 83. So he's written a, you know, a good percentage of the psalms. He was one of three main worship leaders under David and then Solomon. And a mascal is kind of like a contemplation. It's a, you could call this a wisdom psalm. But it's, to, it's intended to be contemplative, that is to think about its message and don't repeat the past mistakes is kind of the idea. So Psalm 78, verse 1 begins this way. Listen, O my people, to my instruction, incline your ears to the words of my mouth. Psalm 78, verse 2. I will open up my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. We will not conceal them from their children. But tell the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wondrous works that he has done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should teach them to their children, six, that the generation to come might know even the children yet to be born, that they may arise and tell them to their children, that they should put their confidence in God and not forget the works of God but keep his commandments and not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not prepare its heart and whose spirit was not faithful to God. You can have a seat. Heavenly Father, as we consider your word once again, we we sit before a, a chapter that is so relevant to even a reflection of this last week where children from kindergarten to sixth grade learned about the armor of God and uh, how we need the armor of God. We're all in a spiritual battle, whether we realize it or not. Our kids are in the battle. Our grandkids are in it. And there are indeed two kingdoms, and there's light and darkness, and there is a true battle, and it's come to the surface maybe like never before in our lifetime. And here we have such a wonderful opportunity to think about the truth of a psalm inspired by God, written down by Asaph, who is called a prophet under King David's leadership. And we have a chance to listen, but not just to hear words, a chance to listen with the idea that we are truly disciples and citizens of a kingdom, indeed the kingdom of God. Jesus is our king, and there is a community that has made a commitment uh, to that kingdom. And I pray, Lord, that Whatever we may be facing, whatever our family history may be, wherever we are in our personal walk, whether we're a parent today, a grandparent, or someone who disciples others, or whatever it may be, 
that you would teach us, Lord, and that we would have ears to hear what your spirit would say to us right now. We know you want to speak to us, and we know that you've spoken. The question is, what kind of hearer are we? Help us to be ones that hear with the intention to obey our king and to find blessing in that obedience. We lay this time at your feet. We pray that you're pleased with it. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. Psalm 78, teach your children well. Uh, For those of you who are new to the church and new to myself, um, my wife and I have been married for 33 years and we raised three boys. They're all in their 20s now. And so me, as I look back at parenting and being a father and all of that, um, I can only right now reflect on uh, times past because my kids have grown up now, but grandchildren have come. And even with the idea of grandchildren, there, there's a great opportunity to continue to affirm and pour truth into them. So each of us have a privilege, and even if you don't have any of that kind of family around you, each of us are called to be disciplers or to teach Sunday school or to really have a role in other people's lives. Asaph lived at a time when you would say Israel was at its pinnacle in terms of godly leadership. He served under King David. David was the man after God's own heart. So you could say that he wrote this psalm at a relatively healthy period of Israel's history, although the bulk of Israel's history was unhealthy. They did not follow God. They were stubborn and rebellious, and they paid the price for it. And I would submit to you that they're still reaping the whirlwind today. If you go to Israel, Israel is largely an atheistic nation, humanistic. Uh, You'll find pockets of uh, Orthodox Jews. You'll find a Calvary chapel or two in Israel and Jerusalem. But for the most part, the nation is still secular. And so there's still the ripple effect of a covenant nation chosen by God that really didn't heed the voice of the Lord. And here we are in contemporary America. And we know our foundations, and our foundations are godly ones, not perfect ones, but our founders made a commitment with the form of government that we enjoy, and they said over and over again that this form of government, government, which is really self-government and limited actual government, could only work with a people who are governed by God. So they used the Bible in the classroom to teach the kids the alphabet, etc. And it was really a main part of American history. The culture shut down on Sundays and people went to church. And it didn't guarantee that everybody in churches loved the Lord or were born again, but it was kind of a cultural thing. And and there's even a danger with a cultural uh, move towards the things of God where it can become mechanical and we can kind of lose the heart of it. And so... Asaph writes at a period of time when David's the king and then he will move and he'll be there for the dedication of the actual physical temple in Jerusalem. So he enjoyed a wonderful time in terms of leadership in his nation. But even with that, he wrote a contemplative, you could call it corrective warning in a song. Remember, all the Psalms were actually songs. And there's lessons in here that we need to learn. And he starts with a key word. He says, Psalm 78, verse 1, listen. Listen, O my people. Now, I'm a person who spends my life speaking to groups of audiences. It's not something I ever imagined that I would do, but it's pretty much all I do now. And I can tell you from body language, usually who's listening. And I can tell active listeners and engaged listeners, and all of you are straightening up and trying to... (laughs) 
I can usually tell who's sleeping by the fact that they're sleeping. It's really a deep thing, but but there is a way to listen. And it's interesting that Asaph, whose name means Yahweh gathers, when there's a gathered group of people, the key is to listen. Jesus told the parable of the sower or the soils. And he said in Luke 8, 18, if you're taking notes, therefore, be careful how you listen. For whoever has to him shall more be given. And whoever does not have even what he thinks he has will be taken from him. Jesus said there's a way to listen. At the end of the glorious Sermon on the Mount, we studied it recently, Jesus capped off the sermon with an illustration of two different lives. And he compared them to foundations. One built their house on the rock, the other on the sand. What was the difference between the two listeners? Both heard the message. One acted upon it. The other did not. One built his house on the rock and the storm came and the winds blew and there's no doubt that if you've built on the right foundation, you're still gonna have stormy times. The wind's gonna blow, the storm's gonna hit your house. But that house stood because it had been founded upon the rock, hearing and acting upon Jesus's truth. I'll show you another man. He hears the same truth, but he did not act upon it. What did he build his house on? It was a house of cards. He built it on sand and when that same storm came, to that same neighborhood, that house fell, and Jesus said, and great was its collapse or its crash. Many scholars believe that takes us all the way to judgment day. Whether or not that's true, I don't know. But Asaph's word is listen, and then it's listen, oh my people. You need to know that when Asaph says listen, he's not talking about just hearing sounds. Some of you may have perfect hearing, but you may hear like the Peanuts cartoon depicts the parents. Wah, 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 wah. Or for the modern audience, it might be blah, 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 blah. The person's always talking. The question is, what kind of listener are you? Are you a person who listens with the intent to obey? That's really what listen means here. Or does it just kind of pass through? Now, Ecclesiastes 5.1, Solomon wrote these words at the end of his life. Guard your steps, literally guard your feet as you go to the house of God and draw near to listen, Ecclesiastes 5.1, rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools for they do not know that they are doing evil. Asaph has put his finger on the problem. His people just are not good at listening. Do you know somebody like this? Maybe you told someone this week, you know, they're just not a good listener. Those of you who are parents, one of your chief jobs is to get your child to listen. But when you say listen, you don't just mean listen like hear sounds. You mean what? Obey. And you're all trying to use the tools at your discretion, whether it is a spanking on the hand or the backside a timeout chair, whatever it may be. What's your goal? Well, that that child would learn how to obey you. You're not saying to them, now I just want you to hear the sounds, little Johnny. No, you're saying, I want you to do what I've asked you to do. Charles Stanley just went home to be with the Lord just a few weeks back. Great, faithful preacher of the word of God all the way until I think, what was he, in his 90s. And his famous line was, 
Now listen. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. If you are a longtime listener to Walk in Truth, we could use your help. We are excited to announce we have the opportunity to broadcast on a new radio station, an opportunity that will help this ministry reach more people like you in Oahu, Hawaii. Our mission with Pastor Michael's teachings is to equip listeners with God's Word in a way that helps them address today's issues, trends, and culture. But before we say yes to this opportunity, we could use your help. The price to broadcast on this radio station daily is $2,491 a month. Can you partner with us to reach people in Hawaii? Would you become a Walk in Truth partner today? Your financial commitment of at least $20 a month would help us reach this goal. We have until the end of September to raise these funds. If you become one of the 125 new partners, you'll be part of the team bringing God's truth to more people. That means four people would have to make a commitment each day until the end of September. Would you be one of the four now? Please begin your partnership today by calling 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Or visit walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walkin' Truth. No, you're saying, I want you to do what I've asked you to do. Charles Stanley just went home to be with the Lord just a few weeks back. Great, faithful preacher of the Word of God all the way until I think, what was he, in his 90s. And his famous line was, now listen, now listen. And there was a reason that Charles Stanley used that. It wasn't a filler. He was saying, I know how people can be. They can check out and tune out very easily. How do you listen? Well, for Asaph, he knew his people well. Notice in verse one, he says, oh, my people. Look, we all live in a contemporary culture right now, and we probably have a pretty good handle on how our people are, right? You know your people. You know your generation. You know how they tend to be. That's what Asaph is saying. He said, oh, my people, I'm one of you. And I know the problem that we've had throughout the centuries. And the problem is we haven't listened well to God. Now, if you were to pause for a moment and look at our culture, a culture very much grounded in biblical principles, how well are we listening? How big is the disconnect from confession to behavior? Now, we're all... Uh, facing that as we try to navigate our walk with the Lord. You'll see one more word in the text here. He says, incline your ears, uh, a phrase actually. The word incline is an interesting word because it's a kind of a double emphasis on how you listen. It's the Hebrew word natah, N-A-T-A-H. It means to stretch out, to bend down. It's an intentional effort to open up and listen. Almost like, you would kneel down to hear the voice of a little child. It's, it's, a, it's an effort. It's someone who's truly saying, I want to hear what God has to say. Inclining ears, says one writer, does not denote any ordinary sort of hearing, but such as a disciple renders to the words of his master or king, with submission and reverence of mind, silent and earnest, that whatever is enunciated for the purpose of instruction may be heard and properly understood, and nothing be allowed to escape. 
I was watching a news channel last night and some parents in a small town have made an effort to not give social media to their children until they're older. And they're talking about like high school age. And they said, we're not against social media. And we know the value of a kid having a phone and being able to contact them and even know where they are, et cetera, et cetera. But they said, we realize that a fourth grader or a second grader doesn't need a phone. They don't need the social media influx into their lives. And they said, because we feel they're not ready to handle it. Now, I'm not condemning anybody here. I'm just saying this is an interesting thing. And so they're trying to gather a group of parents around this idea that we're not going to give our kid access to social media until a certain age when we feel they're mature enough to handle it. I will tell you, Beckett Cook said, for every hour you watch Netflix, you better read your Bible for that same hour. Here's what's going on, whether you know it or not. A worldview is always under pinning a movie or a TV show or whatever you engage with, there's a worldview coming before you. You need to know this. And many, many shows on television, I would say the bulk of those shows, have an anti-biblical worldview. Would you agree? I'm not saying that you ought not to watch some of these shows. But what I am saying is that you need to know that there is a worldview being presented behind that show, that movie. And movie makers know that emotion will stir people towards even a change of mind. Listen to interviews with movie makers. They know what they're doing. So Asaph says, look, it is time for the people of God to listen. And look, there, there's, let me just tell you that the statistics say that the average Christian family attends church 1.5 times a month. I don't know what to do with the half. Although sometimes I look at people and think, yeah, they're halfway here. <laughs> but think about that. So the average church service at Living Truth is about 90 minutes and all God's people said, yeah, right. Okay, maybe, maybe 100. But think about that time. Your kids, many of your kids are up in Sunday school right now and they're receiving truth and that's great. This last week we've had at VBS is unique. It's an annual event. And the kids got truth every night, and that's great. And they sang songs, and they memorized verses, and that's wonderful. But that ain't going to do it. Because the influx of other things that they're getting into their life way overwhelms that. Let's just be honest. So how do we change that as modern parents and grandparents? How do we fight that tide? Well, we can't just do nothing We can't expect Sunday school teachers to do everything for us. These people who are up in these classrooms right now who teach our kids supplement what you're supposed to do. In fact, the commands in the Bible that we're going to look at are spoken primarily to fathers and by implication to mom and dad. Yes, there are pastoral letters that instruct pastors on what to do and how to teach the flock. But my job is to prepare you to do the work of ministry. Not for you to be wholly dependent upon a Sunday school teacher once a week. That ain't going to do it, and we all know it. So the question is, what do we do? How do we learn? I want to show you a prophetic passage in Isaiah 50. It's a little bit to your right. We'll put it up on the screen if you're new to the Bible, if you're trying to navigate your way here. Isaiah chapter 50 is a messianic servant song. So that means that it was written about the Messiah 700 years before he was born in Bethlehem. And here's what it says about Jesus. So it's it's as though Messiah is speaking through Isaiah the prophet. Isaiah 50, verse 4. 
the Lord God has given me, and you can think of Jesus here, the tongue of disciples or the tongue of a disciple. Now he had the tongue of disciples, that is an instructed tongue. He knew how to speak to others and train them, if you will that I may know how to sustain the weary one with a word. And that was Jesus, right? He knew how to speak a word in season to build somebody up, to keep them going. And that's what we ought to be doing too. You've been listening to Teach Your Children Well, part one on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's special teaching in Psalm 78. And if you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more podcast apps. Listen for free to Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. Hey, just to let you know, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Our hope is to broadcast this program on more radio stations to reach more people like you. Our ministry has grown a lot over the years, and it's thanks to our church and our listeners that have become our financial partners. Our producer, Rob Newton, went to Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California recently to update the congregation on the state of Walk in Truth. He talked about where we are, what's new, where we'd like to go, and how you can help. If you'd like to listen to Rob Newton and Pastor Michael's short presentation, you'll find it on the Walk in Truth podcast on your favorite podcast app. It's also on walkintruth.com. We've entitled it The State of Walk in Truth. And again, you'll find it on the Walk in Truth podcast on your favorite podcast app. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Okay, you're hearing a teaching on parenting, and you're like, I have teenagers. (laughs) That's a whole different category, isn't it? (laughs) My wife and I were just watching a movie with a, at a teenage girl uh, as one of the characters. And I'll tell you, man, she was mad at her dad. (laughs) It seems like the whole movie. And it seemed like she just couldn't be pleased and she would never see things from dad's perspective. And uh, one of the characters in the movie said, if your teenage daughter's mad at you, you're doing something right. <laughs> and I think to a certain degree, that's true, right? I mean, if we're trying to give them boundaries, if we're trying to hold the line, be consistent, keep them accountable, keep them safe, they're probably not always going to be happy with you. Just like, think of it this way. When you hear certain sermons in church, you may not always be happy, but you know it's what you need. You need the reminder. You need the the boundary. You need the accountability. Even if you're not jumping for joy about it, or if it's even, you know, grating against the desire of your flesh, well, that's still a good thing. And I think if you're parenting a teenager right now, or maybe you have toddlers or Maybe it's just a tough time parenting. You know, seasons change, but as I reflect back on, you know, now three grown sons, uh, each season has its challenges, but each season also has its blessings. And so I would encourage you, if you're a parent right now, keep tuning into this Psalm 78 teaching and be encouraged. You're not alone. And hey, if we can help you in any way, reach out to us. If you need prayer, reach out to us at walkintruth.com. Uh, send us a note through the comment section, walkintruth.com. Now, we've been telling you about this new opportunity in Oahu, Hawaii. And maybe you're asking, well, why expand to Hawaii? Why should we do that? Well, because the people of Hawaii need God's truth, just like everyone else does. And we're here broadcasting in Southern California and so privileged to do so. And if this program wasn't backed by partners and by the church fellowship where I serve as senior pastor, well, it wouldn't be on. I mean, let's just face it. 
it wouldn't be silent. There'd be another program filling the gap, but we wouldn't be here. And you know what? We want to be in as many places as the Lord would open a door. So what do we need to do? Well, we need about 125 Walk in Truth partners to just commit to 20 bucks a month. Hey, if you go to a fast food restaurant by yourself, you go order a sandwich at lunchtime, you're spending 15 or 20 bucks. Could you maybe say one time a month, I won't do that and I'll support Walk in Truth? If this program has been a blessing to you, isn't it time that maybe you become a partner to help other people experience the blessing in Hawaii and other places? That's all we're asking. I want to acknowledge that we've had two new monthly partners. Carol Ann from Alabama has become a monthly partner at 20 a month, and Tony from Burbank has also become a monthly partner at $20 a month. And just a shout out to Carol Ann and Tony and to all of our partners who give monthly. Thank you so much. Uh, you may say, well, Pastor Michael, yes, I'm ready. How do I do it? Go to walkintruth.com and the website will walk you through. There's going to be a big um, banner there with the Hawaii um, uh, need and how you can help meet that. Go to walkintruth.com. Hey, give today if you can. It would make such a huge difference and we'd be encouraged. And we really want to walk through this door. Walkintruth.com. God bless you. We appreciate you. We'll see you tomorrow. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's special teaching in Psalm 78 called Teach Your Children Well. I'm Mike Massaro. On behalf of Pastor Michael Lance and Living Truth Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.